I'm good. I'm good. So uh, I, I hate I missed the show uh, when they came down here, but I was too tired from the night before. Um, the night before they came, they were here on Wednesday. That Tuesday night, I, I went and um, I covered U.S. versus Argentina down at the stadium and got to see the U.S. team get their ass handed to them by Lionel Messi and company. So that was pretty cool. But I didn't get out of there till damn near one o'clock in the morning. I didn't get hey, wow. home, so then I had to work the next day. So after that, and I had a long day at work. So after that, I was like, I'm just out, have to catch a foreign exchange next time. It just wasn't, I, I just wasn't gonna do it. But but other than that, you know, just besides working, 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 and working, I'm good. So no cool stories like uh like like Bridget and Ted. Hey, if we were there, we got also exactly. I feel like they do it every two years because I realized that show was two years to the day. day. Oh, the last time they were in Memphis, I thought that was awesome. Because they popped up on my Facebook page. Yeah, it did. So, all right then. Well, we are going to kick it to our first break, and we've got a great show today. I feel like I just I feel it in my spirit that somebody's gonna say something hilarious. Because every time I see the latest Stay Mad Abby, all I can think about is uncooked biscuits. So mm. we got to top it. We got to top it today. So we're gonna take a break. We gonna get our pettiness together, and we'll be back. Yeah, international underground, underground, when I stop the ground like a million elephants, a silverback orangutan. You can't stop a train. Who wants up? Don't come unprepared. I'll be there, but when I leave there, better be a household name. Brother man telling us it ain't gonna rain. So now we sit in a drop top soaking wet in the silk suit trying. Hit some of without the net, but this be the year that we won't forget. One nine nine nine. I don't want to anything go. Be what you wanna be. Long as you know consequences are given for living the fences. Too hot to jump in jail. Too low to dig. I might just touch hell. Hot. Get a life not a gon' sell. Then I might catch you a spell. Look at what came in the mail. I'm scared as an arm and hammer. So go grill and a baby mama. Black hair lack in the back of pack Stack of questions with no answers. Cure for cancer. Cure for AIDS. Make a nigga wanna stay on tour for days. Get back home. Things are wrong. When not really it was bad all along before you left. Ass up to a ball of power. Stay street. Big things happen every time we meet. Like a track team, crashing down the geek. Outcasts bumping up and down the street. Slam back, Cadillac by five niggas. Deep. 75 MCs freestyling to the beat. Cause we get crossed, stay drunk at the club. Should've bought an ounce, but you caught the dub. Should've held back, but you told the punch. Want to meet your girl, but you packed the lunch. No D to the U to the G for you. Got a son on the way by the name of Bamboo. Got a little baby girl for a year, Jordan. Never turn my back on my kids for them. Should've hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it. Rag top. Before you read up, get a laptop. Make a minute for yourself, boy, set some goals. Make a fat dime out of dusty coal. Record number four, but we on the road. Hold up, slow up, stop. Control like Janet, planet, stay on the Azonia. Moving like floor, come straight to Florida. Lock like your windows and block the quarters. Put it up on bell, cause the whip is in order. Like a three piece bitch before I cut your daughter. Your kettle talk a bell, then I hit the border. Pity pat rapper trying to get the five. I'm a microphone being trying to stay alive. When you come to ATM, well, you bet not high, cause the Dungeon Family gon' ride.
This is number serial number 26 and we are in the barbecue pit this week's barbecue pit we're going to talk about um, the Democrats Congress in general uh, specifically about the sit-in over gun control uh, now of course everybody is well aware of the fact that we've had a number of mass shootings over the past years I should say um, you know specifically last week or two weeks ago now Orlando uh, where 49 people were killed uh, in a nightclub shooting uh, by a by a lunatic, quite frankly. Um, but our U.S. Congress, uh, our five representatives, not all, but some, uh, specifically the ones who are basically funded by the NRA or have taken NRA hush money, um, has decided over the past few years, no matter if it was Aurora or if it was Newtown or whoever, um, has decided basically not to do anything as far as passing any type of, of uh, legislation in regards to background checks, um, you know, uh, semi-saw rifle bans, whatever the case may be. So, Representative, or I should say Senator Chris Murphy a few years, um, a couple weeks ago, uh, who is the senator from Connecticut, he actually decided to do a filibuster on gun control, he did everything from reading from Dr. Seuss books to, uh, yeah, reciting lyrics from from rap records, <laughs> all in the efforts to try to bring control, uh, bring attention to the fact that there needs to be some some changes in the way that we legislate gun control. We uh, and and we do these things. I mean, even you know, common sense background, universal background checks. Something needs to happen. Um, well, nothing did happen because basically Congress did nothing, specifically the Republicans on the Hill. So John Lewis, Representative John Lewis, a civil rights icon, and uh, I would note in the interest of full disclosure, Ted's frat brother. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, he decided to stage a sit-in. Now, of course, John Lewis has, has been a civil rights champion for a number of years. And Democrats on the House decided to follow suit and, and get in line, and so they sat down. 
Republicans tried to do everything from turning cameras off to you know, turning lights off. And, you know, uh, they did basically everything except for which smartly they didn't do, drag, <laughs> drag Representative John Lewis and the rest of the Democrats in, in handcuffs off the floor, because if they had did that, that really would have been a bad look. And, and also just chicken shit. But anyway, so uh, guys, what are your thoughts on the Democratic sit-in? Uh, and also, I guess we did talk about gun uh, guns a couple of episodes ago, but I guess gun control and, and the laws that we have and the laws that we should have, but we don't have. Well, I'll start the ball rolling. Uh, I think one thing that you really have to focus on is our um, our right to bear arms. I think that a lot of people, especially Republicans, especially those wealthy white Republicans who are purchasing these guns, in their mind, they think that, hey, if we allow them to amend this law, then, you know, it will pretty much eliminate our ability to buy guns, but that's not the point. The point of this this whole thing is to limit or control how we're putting guns on the street. I mean, I think all of us can agree that there is no reason for any sane human being to need an AR-15. Even if you're hunting, you're not hunting with an AR-15. <clears throat> the only thing you're doing with an AR-15 is shooting a whole bunch of things at one time, which is pretty damn destructive and I don't think it should be allowed. Same thing with the AK-47. Those guns are the type of guns that are being used in these mass murders. That guy who went to the club in Orlando, uh, Club Pulse, he'd gone in with a nine millimeter. How many people would he have been able to shoot before he would have gotten attacked? Not very many. You know, it, it would have taken forever to reload, you know, pop another clip in it, but somebody would have got him before he shot that many people. When you got an AK-47 or AR-15, you just lay both down. Mm-hmm. Easily. I mean, easily. So I think the point that they're trying to make is that we have to control what kind of guns we're putting on the street. Now, I'm a gun owner. I got two guns. You know, I'm probably going to buy some more. <laughs> but the thing is, I don't want an AR-15. I don't want an AK-47. I mean, I, I wouldn't even begin to tell you what I would do with that gun if I got it. I probably would never shoot it. I'd be scared to hell. <laughs> like, you hold the trigger one time and you don't squeeze off about 13 rounds, you know, in the blink of an eye. So, I don't want a gun like that. So, I think it's important that we understand that no one trying to take your guns away from you. You're just trying to limit what kind of guns we put on the street because eventually those guns get to the wrong hands and eventually we end up somewhere talking about pray for them or pray for pray for Charles and South Carolina. You know, I mean, and I hate to say it, but we're tired of praying. I mean, at some point, your prayer has to meet, you know, some kind of practice. you got to make efforts to make sure that you don't have to put yourself in positions to have to pray. So you got to start getting these guns up the street. And uh, as much as, you know, I, I support the Dems in their efforts to get guns up the street, sitting on the house floor like some kids, I don't think that's going to I mean, you know, I understand your frustration that they won't listen, but I don't think that's going to work. I think, and I think that kind of embodies how uh, dysfunctional our Congress is right now. You know, people have to, have to resort to sitting on the floor of kids. So, it's, it's a jacked up situation, but I absolutely agree we need to get those guns off the street. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, uh, I feel like nothing was going to be done after Obama did the little thing. 
after Sandy Hook, after they shot them babies and nothing was done at that point, I had just given up all hope. I was just like, dude, if kindergarten gets shot at a fucking school and nothing is done about it, I don't, I mean, it's just like the NRA pockets. I mean, they are lining these, these, um, these politicians' pockets really, really deep. I mean, because it, they don't give a damn about no lies. It just, that just, it just seems like, and it just seems like there's a mass shooting like every other week. It would just have one like in Georgia. It wasn't. I hate to put it like this, but it was it was five people that got shot. You know, that's bad as hell but compared to safety. It's just like when we we are becoming so accustomed to mass shootings, we're just like, oh okay. It was only it was only ten people. Right. It was only ten people compared to the forty nine that were killed in Orlando. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm tired. I'm just, I'm, I'm tired. I'm fed up. And I just don't know. I just, I'm losing all hope and humanity. Um, it, just, it doesn't, it just, it doesn't seem like whoever I vote for, they gonna be in my best interest. They they're not gonna be on the right side of gun control. Uh, it's just, we have a long, long way to go. Also, I wanted to talk about this damn, um, what's his name? The dude from North Carolina that had something to say about John Lewis and saying that his sit-ins were nothing compared to the sit-ins at Woolsworth. Mark Walker, that's his name. They sat in for rights. Let me, let me repeat, let me, let me read what he said. Calling this a sit-in is a disgrace to Woolsworth. They sat in for rights. Them's are just sitting in to strip them away. Dude, mm. you talking about John, excuse my French, motherfucking Lewis. This nigga been sitting in since <laughs> <laughs> the 60s. This nigga was in SNCC. What are you talking about? On the sit in. Selma, John Lewis, you can't, what are you talking about, dude? Like, <laughs> John Lewis been fighting for our rights since, hell, my mama was a child, a baby, probably even before my mama was even being thought of. Like, seriously, bro, what are you talking about? And even though, I mean, Ted made the point that sitting may not be effective at this point, John Lewis was just like, we gotta do something. We gotta do something. And he resulted to tactics that he knew, you know, um, that he did best, I guess. Like he's been doing sit-ins and, and protesting for us for decades. So, I mean, shut up. Just shut the hell up, Mark Walker. What the hell are you talking about? Get Google John Lewis. Google his ass, bro. What are you talking about? So, I guess going back to the purpose of what the Democrats hope to accomplish by the sit-in, it was already made. What it did is it brought us the attention. It made the conversation continue going. It actually let you see because a raise of hands, how many people watch C-SPAN? Mm-hmm. I don't see not a goddamn hand in here. <laughs> oh, one, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. One, one, okay. I watch it 
Sometimes. It depends on if there's somebody I want to see, like if they do a panel and they do those rarely when they focus on those. Usually it's the house is when they're passing those bills, those laws. That's why it's like we forget how accessible we are to them. We always want to talk about how transparent, but you got networks and ways of seeing them. But it's funny that the house speaker gets to control that. So it's already it's monetary, monitored what we see how much we can see. Usually probably all the good shit happens at night when they sleep. Or they'll show all the stuff from the day before. But uh, I feel like it accomplished the goal to just keep the conversation open. Uh, 25 hours is a long ass time to be sitting on my ass. I know they rotated shifts. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I was thinking about, I listened to what each person said and then I was just thinking in my head, um, the purpose of regulating the guns is not necessarily to stop the sale of guns, but just to regulate who has the right to guns. But then I feel like that can slowly become a racial thing because we're the primary targets of the irresponsible ones. But as we've seen in these mass shootings, it's not usually us. So I feel like that's probably why there's not too much of a run and jump because I feel like even the DC sniper, there was more conversation on that than we we did Sandy Hooks for a good month and a half. Then we did a year where are we now? And that's it. Newtown, weeks, where are we now? We're done. We'll do Orlando the same way. I think the only difference is because the um, LGBT community is so prevalent. And yeah, I think I want to slow the roll on comparing LGBT to civil rights. I understand, but they're two different struggles. There are two different fights. I'm not saying one is more than the other, but they're not the same. And I don't like them clustered together because I feel like it gets whitewashed. But I think that the conversation of gun control or gun laws, there is no cut and dry method, of course not. But I think that we need to have people in positions to have a more objective stance and we don't. And I can't say that we ever will because we don't tend to vote the right way. Mm. And I'm not just, I'm, I'm just saying that because people, we, we actually saw that last week with Brexit. Or the other, yeah, it is now last week with Brexit, where people voted and then after the fact, what is Brexit? Come on now. You didn't know before now. I know and I don't live there. So I just feel like the knowledge and, and just making yourself aware and people are so easily swayed by fancy commercials or fancy slogans and it's just, it's, it's a lot more. It's, it's a more complicated matter. It's not a cut and dry thing. And I think that's what's sad and heartbreaking is that we're going to have plenty more shootings, plenty more mass shootings. And the media is going to say what's going to be done in Congress and the House just going to be looking like they were Kanye shrugging. When more people die, it's going to get worse before it gets a whole lot worse. Even though you can't imagine it getting any worse. I mean, damn, 49 people in the damn nightclub, it's going to get worse before it gets better. I mean, it, it, to the point where we have to have a damn city, bro. Not just individuals, <laughs> it's 49 people, 49 people.
49 families. Yes. And then those 53 people who are terrified, the people who actually made it, they're terrified. Right. They're fam- I mean, it reaches far and beyond. But I'm just tired of stats. I'm tired of numbers. I'm tired of figures. I'm tired of people figuring it out. People figuring out how I'm supposed to live, how I'm supposed to read, how I'm supposed to feel safe, what is safe, what's not safe. Like, like, I could just be chilling in a damn park and something gets shot. Just because you're there. Just there. Yeah, well, no, not you, Bridget, though, because you probably have a rap sheet and <laughs> you would, I'm just saying. You're right. Your daddy had a rap sheet and they he wouldn't even there. Right. Yeah. They could spin it any kind of way. Look, so, I'm just a black woman just trying to make my ears beat. Y'all got my voice on even so. <laughs> I'm not a criminal. <laughs> you gonna find a rap sheet on me. You might find some crazy ass pictures. <laughs> but I mean, that's about it. But yeah, it's, it's, oh God, it's just, it's sad. It's sad already. Yeah, and I know Nisha, you said that, um, you know, you, you, you were tired of numbers, but here's a number for you. Um, yeah, right after Newtown, um, you know, public opinion polls were saying 91% was around the average figure of people who were in favor of universal background checks. And yet, and still, and this was across a, a cross section of people, whether it was, you know, gun owners, legal gun owners, uh, you know, Republican, Democrat, independent, whoever. 91% of Americans were in favor of that. And that number has dipped into the high 80s, but it's still, it's still a pretty high number. Higher than most most issues in the country uh, right now and Congress still won't even do that so I mean we talk about you know these these different issues you know we talk about Brexit and and the uh, the uninformed people you know a C-SPAN if you watch Prime Minister's questions you know you would have known what the issues would be in, in Brexit while C-SPAN so and I actually like that because you know those First of all, those Brits, man, they, they go after people. Like, they, they give no fucks whatsoever. They don't care if you're the prime minister or you're the, you know, the the, the labor person from Westminster or whatever. They, they're they going to go after you. But, um, but they did. They went after that lady, Joe Cox. They killed her. Well, which is I mean, ridiculous. Not, that's a whole other thing, though, to me. Yeah, but. yeah that's a whole other thing. But, but usually they, like... You know, you'll you'll hear them calling each other, you know, wankers in a civilized way in the in the chamber, in the house chambers over in uh in London. Right? Uh, but anyway, back to <laughs> you inconsolable jizz trumpet. They call trumpet jizz trumpet. Oh my god. Oh man. Yeah, oh, they call Trump a lot of things, so. Jizz Trump is fucking A1. I mean, yeah. that, was, that one took me out. That one took me out. <laughs> well, because that's how they do it. Like, over in, over in England, that's how they do it. Like, they'll they'll say a big word, and then they'll, they'll curse. Like, usually we'll say, you know, you fucking asshole or something like that. But over there, they'll say, you know, you, you marvelous twat waffle. Or like, like that's how they that's how they that's how they is 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 great and I love it so um so anyway um 
Final point uh, that I wanted to make was uh, a speaker, Paul Ryan, when um, he came out and he called the, um, the city. Yeah, 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 our boy, Paul Ryan. So he called uh, the sit-in, um, you know, a, um, a stage show and antics and, you know, this, that, or the other. But this is the same guy who, A, has a candidate who is has the lowest approval numbers of any candidate that's ever run for president of the United States. And then B, who has led an effort, uh, along with his other fellow congressmen and women, to basically try to defund Obamacare for the past few years, knowing full well that, one, it's not going to get defunded because Obama's going to veto it, and two, that they don't have enough, they don't have an override majority in the Senate to override a presidential veto. So, um, you know, but he wants, and, and they've done that over a hundred times now, but he wants to talk about, you know, this one particular sit-in being a, a stage show and antics. So, you know, it's, it's kind of the pot uh, calling the kettle black or, you know, the, the steroids calling the, the needle something. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> anyway, any final thoughts, guys? Nah, man, I don't have any. We all depressed over here and shit. <laughs> we need somebody to call Paul Ryan a GS trumpet. You just did. did. Boom. Bam. Right. Bam. That's <laughs> it. All right, so we're going to wrap this up and uh, we'll go to a break and we'll be right back. Anyway, but anyhow, I went and died, went on out and bought it Cause I thought it would be jamming, but examine all the flaws get Walls get off it, sand and it's costly, but that's all shit Wrote and I hope I never have to float in that boat Up shit's creek, it's sweet, it's the last quote That I wanna hear when I'm going down When all said and done and we got a new Joe in town When the record player get to skipping and slowing down All y'all can say is them niggas earn their crown But until then
that you thought you had. A local kid by the name of Chauncey Black. Um, his story has gone viral. Uh, you're talking about it. Uh, I think Ellen's gonna do a show on it. Um, it's been making uh, its way around news, uh, news shows around the country. But um, the story kind of goes like this. Um, you got a young man, 12 year old by the name of Chauncey Black, who was standing outside of the, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh no, I'm sorry. I forget twelve on my phone. I'm sorry. Yes, it was. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Y'all gonna say this gets sad now? I'm sorry, y'all. Okay. Um, but sorry, a young sixteen-year-old by the name of Chauncey Black. What is Home after they go grocery shopping 
and what he sees next basically breaks his heart. Now, if you've seen the video of your house, I mean, it will make you do all toughness. I mean, I don't never cry with it. I mean, I had to step back and just kind of get the mist out of my eyes. <laughs> your alley. Man, man, I had to take a zero take real quick. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, they opened the door to the house and it's like just one huge room. And there's nothing but a couple of sheets on the floor and a pillow. And that's Chauncey's bed. And Chauncey's claim is that he used to have an air mattress, but it burned. And so they're just kind of coasting through life with nothing. And it just kind of makes you sit back and realize that the little things that we complain about, all the stuff that we do have that we take for granted. And so, um, you know, Matt left that house to change, man. He knew he had to do something when he left. So Matt started the GoFundMe page. Now, the GoFundMe page was originally only for 250 bucks. And it was, uh, he started to pay in order to raise money to help Chauncey buy a lawnmower so he could go out and make money, which I thought was a pretty cool idea. Um, and the story literally went viral. Um, I know I checked it maybe it was past Friday and it was up to $160,000. I checked it two minutes ago and they're at two fifty two. Wow. Two hundred and fifty two thousand over ten thousand people out there have done that. But um, if you go to the page, if you go to GoFundMe and just search Chauncey's Chance, C H A U N C Y Apostrophe's Chance, um, you know, Matt had to keep going back as as the goal kept getting met. He had to go back in and keep updating his goal and adding more to the score, but it was crazy. They started off first with the lawnmower, and then- Now they're getting them a house. Yeah, I love that. Right, and so then Matt comes back like, where did he just get the house? So now they're able to get them a house. So 250 racks. They get them a house, they get a clothes, everything, maybe get the phone some help. They get a house and furnish it, keep the light bill paid for a couple years, maybe. I mean, I mean, that's serious. But um, I'm going to pass it around, but I, I just want to say that, you know, uh, if you give it, I actually uh, gave myself, but if you give it, man, I mean, I don't really give GoFundMe for something like that. It is a uh, hard woman. I mean, when you see stuff like this, you got to think it's your right as a human being to blessed to bless somebody else. But we're going to pass it around. Nisha, tell me what's on your mind. I think that, first off, thank you for choosing this as one of the topics for the week because I had seen it, but uh, very rare do we get to talk about some true goodness that happens in Memphis. I thought it was hilarious, but poetic, that the child's name is Chauncey Black and the man's name is Matt White. <laughs> I thought that there was something absolutely poetic in that. And um, it's a really good story. I think that when we talk about our city and we talk about our youth, Chauncey's life could have gone a whole nother direction. Chauncey could have not been there trying to pick up odd jobs. He could have been trying to rob Matt because his mentality was, I have to get it back. But instead of doing that, and this is not just with our black youth, this is with any youth, period. Especially when we just heard the story not too long ago about the 16-year-old that shot the guy at the IHOP, 16-year-old white guy, Shot the guy at the IHOP and then posted on Snapchat. Mm -hmm. So your life here can go either way. So I thought that it was mighty mature of Chauncey, but that is also a sacrifice. Because it's a sacrifice of his childhood. You know, we expect our children to be children. 
and you want to give them as much of a normal childhood as possible, especially in the world that we're up around. So one, it's a good story. Two, I'm very, it, it is moving. It's moving to hear a child wanting to do better, not just for himself, but for his family, for his mom, single parent. And I'm sure she tried to do as much as she could. She, I just did something right because he ain't out here trying to knock people upside their heads. He's trying to make money, earn money, which is what people tell us we should, we should be doing. But even in that mindset of working towards something, they still didn't have anything. Which begs the question, what the hell is going on in the city of Memphis? Like, that's probably in any city, but we are always so hyped to talk about what's coming here, what's here, what we got. But what are we doing? Like, what are we doing holistically for our community, for kids like Chauncey? Because he's not the only one. Uh, wait, why would I just better say I, I was about to say that 47% of our kids live just like Chauncey. <laughs> but what's crazy is, you know, working in education, working in education. Like, I'm not shocked. I see it every day. Yeah. Like, I got kids in school with the same pair of pants and the same shirt every single day and then you watch for a month. It's happened. My friend, uh, she's also a teacher. She teaches middle school. She's trying to buy coats for the kids. It's only so much that they that you can do as the educator because but some of these parents, all these parents ain't like John's mom. Yeah. They sit in their kids. So it's a it's it, you just it's a case by case, but what about these forty seven percent? We're helping John to but what about the other ones? I'm not taking away anything from him, but I'm just saying that there are other children that are dealing with same issue. I'm thankful to Matt and a person like Matt that saw something special in Chauncey. I don't like GoFundMe though, because they take a portion of your money. So mm. they finna get right. Exactly. Yeah. But, but it's so it's so easy to do those things. So his mindset is right. I just think that with certain things when you're raising money for certain causes, they shouldn't be taxed like that. But Neither here nor there. But yeah, it's gone up to 252. I think when I checked it before you guys got here, it was 249. So I mean, like, it's steadily raising and it's good. But I hope that some of that money goes towards Chauncey and some of that money can go to a fund that can help, you know, not try and utilize everything. But I just think it's good. It's a really good story. It really, really is. And Chauncey's so cute. But I love that. Like that's the genuineness of, you know, his his who he is as a person. It's what he's growing up around and I love it. But you know man. When he talks, I just start smiling. Yeah, that was <laughs> exactly. I picked up on it right away. I was like, it was a minute. Yeah, I mean, when because I hadn't heard the story. And the reason why I don't watch the news is because we don't hear enough stories about this. To me, it's just always bad. And it just makes my advice. I need a goddamn sentence after I watch the news. But, um, well, when Ted sent us the story in the group chat, I was like, bro, I lost my thug. Cause I'm just like, this could be, I mean, and I used to work in um, 
I work for the health department where I used to do home visits. And seeing that home, I was just like, okay, this looks like one of the homes that I see, used to see on an everyday basis. Like, people sleeping on the floor, people living 10 people in the house, they don't have food, they don't have anything. And just like Anisha said, it's a case-by-case -case basis. Like, his mom seemed very, very soft-spoken, but I've seen mamas that like, Lord, this child ain't got a chance to hell. This take mama's crazy as hell. So, I mean, I was just, just really, really happy with Tom and his mama. And I think, like, the story got to Ellen. You know it's about to go down here. You know. <laughs> You know, Ellie keeps folks up. It would. It would cause tuition to be paid for the next 30 years. That's what we needed to be doing instead of giving that goddamn Chewbacca mama a damn free education. For okay, so y'all know she's talking to people autographs. Yeah, $20. Wow. Sorry, Joan. I can't wait. $20, goddamn. And this is Emily. Average ass, okay, I'm not finna go there. I'm not, somebody gonna already think I'm quite racist and don't like white people because I'm not ready to call somebody to do biscuits. But getting back to Chauncey though, um, I mean, it just it just really touched my spirit. And then just to know that that child, even through all of this, still persevering in school and making straight A's, straight A's at 16, a black male. And that, like his eyes are already stacked up against him, but he's a, he's fighting against all odds right now. So I just I wish the best for him, and I and that's pretty much all I got to say. Go ahead, Joe. Before we go, we get on Chewbacca Mama. Fuck Chewbacca Mama too. <laughs> but yeah. I, the reason stories like this are important too, I know you know you guys were talking about forty-seven percent of uh, kids that are living in poverty in Memphis or at the poverty level. I didn't realize the number was that high. I mean, I knew it was a, I didn't know it was forty-seven percent. I mean, that opened my eyes up to to a lot. Uh, I mean, certainly I I know you know I you know when I go home I you know drive around to some of the you know, in the old neighborhood and this, that, or the other, but I didn't realize it was 47%. Um, but, you know, shout out to, you know, shout out to Matt too, because he could have very easily had told his boy, you know, no, nah, I'm good. I don't need any help or whatever. But he actually, you know, sat there and talked to, you know, talked to him and, and wanted to see what his situation was. And, and then he decided to help. You know, a lot of times, yeah, a lot of times we get into our, as a people, I'm not saying as an individual, but a lot of times we get busy doing our own thing. We're kind of in our own little world. And sometimes we don't just stop to just talk to people, you know, and, and that's kind of a lost art, you know, and, and not only just talking to people, but just helping people out. You know, he could have very well just said, you know, thanks for helping me with my groceries. You know, here's a dollar or whatever. But he actually engaged with them and, and, and talked to them, you know, to see what was, what exactly his situation was. So um, it seems like everything is, is in a, uh, you know, is going to go in a better direction for this family. But I do hope that this is kind of a spark. I, I doubt it will be, but that's just me. But I hope this can be a spark to a bigger conversation about uh, you know, poverty in Memphis and kids in poverty because, you know, like, you know, I can remember my dad, you know, when he was, uh, you know, when, when he was around and in the wintertime, he would drive by bus stops and he would see kids with no, no skull caps on. 
or no jackets. And then he would go to the to the t-shirt shop and get a bunch of hats and jackets and just go to the bus stops and just give them to the kids so they can have, you know, something to wear. Uh, so in some of those cases, you know, maybe parents couldn't afford the, you know, hats and jackets. In some cases, the parents were, quite frankly, they just didn't want to do it. But, you know, it's just, if, if we just do just the little things, they'll add up, you know. But it's just not enough of us doing the little things. And I really hope that, because you know, we can't depend on the government for everything, uh, especially in the city of Memphis. Because we all know how the government in the city of Memphis can be. But, you know, we just, you know, just just help each other out just a little bit more. Uh, I, I think we can kind of overcome some of those some of those numbers now. You know, hoes gonna tip, so you know it's gonna be some parents out there that just ain't gonna, quite frankly, that just ain't shit. But yeah, maybe we can help the kids out at, at the very least. Especially the kids that or the situations where the parents are trying and the kids they just they can't meet up and it can't sync up because there are kids that their only meals are what they eat at school. And you got parents working two and three jobs trying to make ends meet. And they might have four pair of uniform pants. Don't let one rip, Lord forbid, to last them the whole school year. So it's, 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 it's definitely difficult, it's definitely tough. Um, it does need to be a more grassroots, but sometimes you don't know where to start. You know, I can't, it's it's hard because of where I am to where if I see a child, I don't know if that it's scary because everyone that you approach, like I said, could have worked out completely different. Matt took a risk and it was a wonderful reward for both him and Chauncey. But some of these kids, because they've gotten so hardened and they're, because they've not been treated well all their lives, that you might think in your mind you're doing a service to them in their mind they're going to take advantage of you or something like that like it's, it's so difficult it's scary because i'm sitting here thinking about yes we should try but i gotta say i'm honestly genuinely i think i start with the mindset of my child but i can't go out here and help everybody right like and not that no one would expect me to go out there and help everyone but what if i come across the wrong kid so it's 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 so sad to say it like that, but it's just, I feel like sometimes these children are too far gone because they've not been helped or they've been swayed another way or they thought another way. Like, but I just think there just should be something to help reach because sometimes these kids are just waiting just for an act of kindness. And it doesn't have to be to the extent of what Matt has done for Chauncey. Sometimes it is the skull caps and the jackets like your dad did. Or, you know, I've donated old clothing because I know how hard it is for plus size young ladies to have things. So, or just a word or a conversation or a thank you or, you know, buying something for them, just something. Like, it, it doesn't take much. You know, donating your time as a big brother, big sister. Those programs are still there and they are in desperate need of mentors all the time. So it's, it's, it's also some other methods, other things that can be done. It's just, as an individual like myself, where do I start? Where's the first place to go? And I think a lot of times it's just trying to get with the spirit, with your spirit to get moment. There was a time I walked by kids, kept going, and sometimes I'm like, man, you know what, we need to get I mean, I think, you know, I think for Matt, it probably was the same thing. I don't think Matt probably stopped at every single person that asked him for help. 
you know, the spirit prophet is him at that time. He said, you know what, well, you, you need, you need the horns of the spirit right here. You spend all the time with him, and he did. Now you know that that was that was his moment. And, you know, we all have our moments at times, and I do every single day. Um, you know, and shout out to those people who work in education, who are pouring into our kids. You know, I, I get it honest. I, I remember my mom, like before she retired, she was teaching in Florida, Kansas, over in South Memphis. She had a kid who, my mom said, that boy would come to school every day with the same shirt. His shirt had the same stain on it for a month. It was a big step. And so, um, my mom recalled that um, some teachers had gotten together and bought him some uniform clothes and sent him home. And he still wasn't wearing them. Found out his mom was sold. Damn. And so my mom actually went to uh, Walmart and bought him enough uniforms to last him for the entire week. And so what she would do is uh, he would ride the bus to school so he got to school a bit early. She would bring him to the classroom. She had stuff for him to wash up with. And she would uh, put, put she would get, she had long hair, clothes already ironed every day for the week. So she would give it to him and take his old clothes, put it in the bag, and she would take it home and wash it. And she did that for the whole year. And so, you know, like, my mom, you know, my mom got older and she just, that, that became her mission. Like, you know, I remember her buying kids for bikes uh, during the school year, doing the school year, that she like, go and buy a whole damn bike. And then have my dad put this in the car. And, you know, she'd show up to school and be like, here you go. And, you know, he'd be like, yeah, right. But, yeah, you know, so I, I get it from my mom, and she, you know, she pulled a lot of You know, so shout out to those people out there, you know, giving back. But, um, y'all got any more? Nah, um, just a little bit about, you know, just that made me think about my friend who set up, uh, she has like a program that she did she's done for 10 years where she gives away school supplies and, and school uniforms every year. Um, and it's just open to the public, whoever wants. Um, and she didn't get a chance to do it this year because, you know, things got in the way. But yeah, and she's also an educator. <laughs> Basketball season has returned. It's been a long time. It's been a long time coming. It's life or death with me, man. But you know, there's no turning back now. This is what makes me. This is what I am. Feel me? You can hate me now. QB. But I won't stop now. Real niggas, cause I can't stop now. Brave hearts, you can hate me now. Come on, but I won't stop now. Cause I can't stop now. You can hate me now. You can hate me now. Do it now. 
do it now, do it now. Don't hate me, hate the money I see. Clothes that I buy, ice that I wear, flows that I try. Close your eyes, picture me rolling. Sixes, money falling, bitches, honeys that swollen. The richest knives get in ya. Most critically acclaimed Pulitzer Prize winner, best storyteller, thug narrator. My style's greater, model data, big threat to a lot of you haters. Commentators ringside try watching my paper. Almost a decade, quite impressive. Most of the best is in the S's, but it's rap shit that I stand for. Expanding more to the big screen, Bill Gates dreams, but it's Seems you'd rather see me in jail with state greens Walk me off the scene fast, but good things last Like your favorite MC, still making some mean cast First rapper to bring a platinum plaque back to the projects But you still wanna hate? Be my guest, I suggest Money is Clever nigga, nothing to play with, hate on me I blew but I'm the same OG, people warn me When you on top there's envy Took my niggas out the hood, but you doubt on us Saying we left the hood but can't get it out of us My bad, should I step on my shoes, give them to you Here's my cars and my house, you can live in that too Criticize when I float for the street Hate my dress code, Gucci this, Fendi that what you expect, ho? Nickname Esco. Took this game to its threshold. Best flow, I bet the whole US know. Try to make it like you the realest. But who the illest think we all know the answer to that? Cause niggas feel us, right? You think I'll come this far and let you niggas stop me now? I ain't doing that. You can hate me now. I won't stop. But I won't stop now. Now. Cause I can't stop now. Do it you now. You can hate me now. I hate you too. But I won't stop now. It's a thin line between paper and hate Friends and snakes, nine millies and thirty-eights Hell or the pearly gates I was destined to come, predicted Blame God, he blew breath in my lungs Second to none, wicked turned wives to widows Shoot through satin pillows, the desolate one Took a little time to claim my spot Chairman of the board until this game stopped And I side with the Lord Ride for the cause while driving niggas shot at my doors Plotting, I'm sure, they catch me with their glocks to my jaws Tried sticking me up, but I flipped on these ducks Instead of me, ambulances were picking them up Niggas fear what they don't understand Hate what they can't conquer Guess it's just a fear a man became a monster, a top of the world, never falling. I'm as real as they come from day one, forever balling. Come on, it won't stop. It won't stop. Never. Come on, but I won't stop now. Cause I can't stop now. You can hate me now. I hate you too. But I won't stop now. Come on, cause I can't stop now. And we are back with our um, next to final segment, and we're going to talk about the NBA finals, which 
Oh Lord, took a little bit of my life mm. last Sunday. Um, the Cavs were down three to one, and Draymond got suspended. And she just turned from there, um, and it was just like one of the best finals I could recall ever in history. Not just because I was going for LeBron. I'm just I'm a LeBron fan. Sorry. No, no, I'm not sorry. But uh, <laughs> I'm not sorry. But uh, yeah, it, it just it just really, really was an uh, excellent final. So uh, we're going to do a round table and just get everybody's views. Did everybody watch? I didn't watch. But I don't mind because I talked to my husband about it. I do like the fact they called Draymond Green Dragoon. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Um, I think I focus more on like the after game commentary, um, the game five when Steph Curry was, was it game five when he was acting like a, when he was throwing tantrums or, or her, yeah. when he was throwing tantrums and then how the internet's turned on Aish Curry, yeah. like a flapjack, like a pancake, yeah. <laughs> like the batter side. I handled it because that was some straight. What the fuck? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. But uh, it was, it, I don't know. I mean, it's great. I heard that Cleveland hadn't won a title in 53 years prior to. So it's a great thing for the city of Cleveland since they got the Browns and Cleveland. Cool. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so um, the Cavs. So it was, it was a good win. You know, white men while in their feelings, they were so happy and thankful that uh, the king brought the championship back to Cleveland. Um, I don't know what the internet's obsession is with Steph Curry. Like, I think that they don't know how to act with him being flawed, but when you hold someone on such a high pedestal, I mean, they have no other place to go but to the bottom. Mm. So, so I think that putting that much emphasis on one person, especially when it's a team out there, it's a, a team effort, and apparently they have a pretty good solid squad, but I just think that people put too much into Golden State as a golden team, and it just shows through the entire, like if you up three games to one. now. Correct my math, okay? If you're up three games to one and you got just one more game to win, one more game, and you let a whole nother team come and sweep the last four games, I'm talking about they poked serious holes in your setup on the, you know, your, I guess your, because their field goal percentages were less. They're shooting the threes because they're known for the shooting threes. They were erratic and all over the, you know, all over the place. So, I mean, it's just serious, just flaws. Like, that, that's a, let's come to Jesus. Like, let's go back home, grab our faces off the floor, figure out where we went wrong and start over from there. Like, that's to me where, like that's pretty much it. I didn't watch it, but like I said, reading commentary, reading people attack Aisha was hilarious. Right. <laughs> and then the aftermath, because but I think like when you put so much effort into, like I said, a team and you you have these high expectations, like people thought that Golden State was gonna sweep. Surprisingly, my husband knew that the Cavs were gonna win. But when they were three games and one, people were doubting. 
So kudos to LeBron and LeBron and LeBron for bringing the team. Oh, we think about Kyrie on that goddamn yacht with all them uh, snow bunnies. Man. I can't stand that. She got her own Kyrie. Oh, that's right. There you go. Shout out. Joel, Joel you want to go? Because I got a whole list. I'm going to write down. I think this nigga got a damn note page. Um, damn, you do. Damn. She got a note. He been waiting on me. Uh, Jeff and Gundy over there. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, I just, you know, I want first. I want to give a shout out to, uh, I guess, our friends over at the Stay Crunchy and Milk uh, podcast, uh, Tatum, uh, Terrell, all you guys over in Cleveland. Uh, you know, I know y'all been, y'all been waiting for this for fifty some years, and you know, so so shout out to y'all. Um, yeah, they, yeah, they support us a lot, so so you know, shout out. Um, as far as J.R. Smith goes, the, the, the NBA legend, the, uh, you know, Mr. You Want to Get Some Pipe, um, the, the anything's possible. Um, shout out to him, J.R. Smith, for, for winning the championship because he's had a, a long, long road of, of, uh, of shooting and shooting and shooting some more. <laughs> he finally shot his way into an NBA title. Lord knows, I didn't think that was going to happen. Um, and therefore, you know, the, the the downfall of the Warriors was when Steph Curry released those shoes. That's when the series just really went down the hill. Cause when them when them them Steph Curry twos dropped, those uh those egg apples. So let's stop right here. Are they really called Chef Curry twos? Cause I heard niggas. I want to know the real name of these shoes. Well, that's what. That's what. Uh, I don't know if that's the actual name of them, but that's what everybody been called. Well, that was the original like name. Those for shoes were made it. for cat daddies everywhere. Okay. <laughs> it evolved, it evolved into the. I, I want to talk to your manager fours. Uh, most. Some of the other names, but you know that that was a downfall because them them ugly ass shoes dropped. Harrison Barnes forgot how to shoot. Clay Thompson couldn't hit anything. I mean, the team had to wear them shoes. Yeah, just that, right? It was just the it was the the curse of them. It was like kryptonite, but it just affected everybody. So, but, uh, but yeah, tell you what you got. Give me the note. I'm gonna run down this real quick. So first of all, I really I, I couldn't tell you who I was going for because I don't I don't like LeBron. Anybody that knows me knows that I'm adamant about the fact that I don't like LeBron. I think he now let me say this. I think that he is yes one of the greatest players in the world, but I just don't like uh. But I was pulling for LeBron because I hate these Golden State bandwagon fans. My God, no one knows anything about Golden State prior to 2012, 2013. Nobody remembers Ron, Ron TMC with Tim Hardaway, Mitch Richmond, and uh, Chris Moore. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you wasn't rocking with them back then, then don't rock with them now. So, you know, I really hate these these bandwagon fans, and they are everywhere. So I felt it was time for those bandwagon fans to see what it felt like to lose. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is LeBron. So. 
LeBron played an awesome series. Um, but when you finish, I think Kyrie should got the MVP. Anybody who watched that series, who watched it closely, they know that Kyrie was the glue that kept them together. Kyrie hit the big three to go ahead three to win the game and go ahead and clinch the series. But Kyrie was phenomenal from top to bottom. Like Kyrie was the only consistent player that whole that whole series. And uh and if you watched that last game that they won, even though LeBron had his triple double when he played well, the crucial moments in the game all was in Kyrie's hands and he made big plays. So, you know, I think they snubbed Kyrie and they gave it to LeBron because it was poetic. It, it was, you know, I promised to give a championship to Cleveland, so let me come in and give it to you. So we're going to give you the MVP as a result. But I think it should be Kyrie. Let's talk about Aisha real quick. Now, Stephen A said something that's really quick and I'm going to get off of. But Stephen A said, you know what? He said, a good person to model yourself after is LeBron's wife. He said LeBron is easily the most criticized player in the league, and I 150 percent agree. He said his he said LeBron is criticized every time he steps on the court, and you don't hear like say nothing. And it's not that you know they want you to be quiet and have this subservient role, but she just understands that if I say anything about the NBA or my husband's team, it's people that pay that man's salary. Why am I jeopardize that? You know what I'm saying? Let me just sit back, you know. Let my husband do his job. It's the same thing I actually used to do. But you know, not better delete that Twitter account when she get upset and drunk. I think that was a ride or die thing. I, it's not that it was the smartest thing, but it's a ride or die thing. And she, she's Canadian, so I be forgiving a lot of shit because she's Canadian. She from T-Dot. She ain't real black. She ain't nah. She. Meanwhile, yeah. these damn curry shoes are one hundred and nineteen dollars. Who would pay for that? And they more, they more. They got other designs that you know that. They call them just the uh, giving on the guy who was head of my life thirteens. <laughs> <laughs> Why do they have other designs and they're horrible? Like, look at that shoe. Oh, 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 wow. Look at those! <laughs> my God. These are horrible shoes. But, but, but somebody gonna buy them. But, but my last person, the last person that I want to roast is Dan Gilbert, the Cavs owner. Because it wasn't but a few years ago when he wrote that horrible ass letter about LeBron calling him all type of evil shit. And LeBron turns around and brings him a championship and. Now it, you know it, it, it's it, it, now it's all good. But I, I, if you watch that post game interview when they were on the stage, they asked Dan Gilbert. They said they asked him, "Did he, he remember when LeBron left and how he felt and what he said?" He tried to act like he didn't hear. He said, "I couldn't hear what you said, but I just want to congratulate the guys on a good series." And you know I'm gonna fall back and let them talk. But you know what? That's that that just goes to show you know. Um, for them, it's all about money. It's all about money. They don't care about the players. <clears throat> you know, I don't agree with LeBron left. I also, uh, also in the same breath, think that he's a man who's allowed to go where he wants to. It's a business, and they wouldn't have to take the trade his ass at any moment if he fell off. So, you know, why not let him go where he wants to go? I just don't agree with how he did. All that being said, congratulations to uh, Cleveland. They played an awesome series. Kyrie, you the real MVP, my nigga. Even with your snow gun. Mine. Mine. <laughs> Mine. Kyrie had a boat full of white women. He had a boat full of surfboards, okay? Wet asses. 
in two years at Duke and hanging out with some Dukies. <laughs> Hey, man. I mean, I don't have anything else to say. I'm just glad that when they were talking to LeBron and Dan Gilbert was holding that damn trophy, LeBron quickly went over there, snatched this shit on mm-hmm. back. Like, nigga, you ain't had shit to do with this right. at all. Right. But yeah, um, I'm just happy. I'm just, I could have cried when LeBron went into that ugly cry. I was just so, so, so happy for them because I really gave up on them. You know what? I don't. I didn't feel LeBron cry, but you know who cried? Feel with J.R. Smith. When he did the uh, uh, that man, man, the point talking about how much he loves his family and how they see about him making all those mistakes. He was like, man, ain't nobody gonna love you like your family will when you make the mistakes. They know who you really are, the person they gonna stand beside you. He was like, man, I love my dad. This is what I want. To, I want to love. I, you know, I want to make him happy every day. And that's who I really feel, because, side note, but I just been watching this whole NBA season. That man has changed so much. And uh, somebody made a point earlier this year about uh, athletes. And they said that when you're on a good team, DeMarcus Cousins said this. He said, when you're on a good team and you do dirty shit, people don't, people don't care. He said, when you're on a bad team and you do dirty shit, people think you're a bad guy. And he was like, you know, like DeMarcus Cousins, everything, every time he does something, it's like, oh, he's a villain. You need to eject him. But, you know, Draymond Green got to keep five niggas in the nuts before he even get, you know, gets a spirit. Okay. And it's because his team is a winning team and people like his team. And, I mean, you know, the point is, he goes to speak about JR, but JR has always played on the team. He's always been a bad guy. But now he on, on, on the Cavs team, they win, and now he's a great guy. But he is, really has changed his image. It's like rest. <laughs> Who the hell today? <laughs> Who the hell this week? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I already know that he should have to cut some of this shit out. <laughs> it is now four o'clock and we start this shit. <laughs> On that note, we're going to wrap this last segment up and we're going to come back with our pop song and say, Forgive me, Charlie Parker, wherever you are. So you said, I need therapy. Yes. I, I need, I need, I need I therapy. Yes. Chronicles of a placenta gestated in the world upon the coldest of the winter and the coldest of the winter said the sun is shine brighter than the sum of its surroundings. Teach him a couple parlor tricks, surroundings are astounded like this kid is trying to make it. But everybody makes it even when you make a failure And in failure ain't an option, how the fuck you gonna make it? I stepped into an office, resumes was close to naked Just praying to gift the gab and show a nigga trying to make it Now it used to be enough But now you speak a lie in resumes, they call you bluff And if you wasn't speaking Spanish, wouldn't even make the cut So how you supposed to live when even living ain't enough? Now I used to get the shakes I used to wonder if the Lord would hit the fucking brakes But if I came for nothing, maybe nothing's what it takes Hit the bottom or you leave him in your wake Now chronicles are from a nigga next to nothing With nothing left to lose to take the drama from the curtain stage Sitter in your face, dad was like Something's hitting my nigga, there was the brakes Stick the breeze, chillin', wait until you feel it off the lake So I take it and swallow until my stomach's distended You barely make a mark before it's ended A 164th of a bottle, it was pouring upon remembrance If you couldn't leave an impression, at least you made an entrance Even when you clock a hundred IBU Management still got you riding on the benches I gotta realize not everybody likes it bitter When you tend to resignation, doesn't mean that you're a quitter But don't listen to me, the habitual bullshitter Swinging a bull roarer in a circle like a leather belt If you couldn't respect the game, then respect yourself
the one I couldn't be The grinning liar seeking corporate wasn't on the streets And if I told you I was struggling, I'm acting a B If I wasn't looking for answers, I'm letting it be My family said I wasn't looking for an answer I was chain smoking ports outside looking for a cancer But I told them it was nothing And left them in my wake I ever seen a cancer unit Then I figured them the brakes They was like Tough titty, my nigga, them the brakes Stick the breeze, chill and wait till you fill it off the lake now if you're feeling overwhelmed, please kill yourself I ain't feeding you jack shit, I didn't kill myself Plus my father was a skeptic at the center If you didn't bring results, then you was dead before you entered Not to mention was a player If you knew today, then you're an idiot for leaving out without a couple layers You saw the weather channel, you posted on the scene You make the same mistakes and asking niggas what they mean The wind chill is not a factor, it only serves a function If niggas knew the truth, they couldn't function I could have been a lawyer or a doctor But I didn't have the gumption to hit the AUC and leave mistakes Now what the fuck a nigga got to say? Except he came for nothing and fell a victim to them chickens pushing on his buttons. They was like, Tough titty, my nigga, them's the brakes. Stick the breeze, chill and wait until you fill it off the lake. The lake. Lake effect. Lake effect. Lake effect. Lake effect. Get with it. And we are back. This is our Pop Tune segment where we give you the dope listens of the week. Um, we bless your lives with this good music and so forth and so on and so forth. So um, this week, I am so excited for my song selection choice because I have known about this song for a long ass time. And um, really good song so I'm excited but um, it's uh, it's not out yet um, you can actually listen to it on SoundCloud but the album's not out yet the song title is called Breathless and it's from an artist Max Patah featuring Star and uh, Max Patah is also my husband so very proud of him very excited the album is called Full Range Frequency and the song or the album drops August 19th so he just released this song it's just like a you know a teaser for the album but it is amazing not biased sometimes biased but not this time because he really has worked hard on it and um, it's really good so if you ask where the music comes from it's him you know he's got some really good artists I want to say this album features Star Big Coop Don Will um, so he's got like some real heavy hitters this go around this was like a labor of love so I'm very proud of my husband and this is just like I said the tip amazing artists amazing music um, so that's my song choice of the week. So excited! Yay! Hey, we can do that. Do that. <laughs> so I think uh, Ted was next. Yes, ma'am. And let me just say that I will be pre-ordering that album. Hey! 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 But uh, I have the next track, track. I chose I Don't Even Care. Uh, it's by Macy Gray and Jean Gray from uh, Rock Blasters Black Radio School album. You heard that album. It's pretty fucking It is. I mean, that's one of the albums that when I heard it, I played it top to bottom. I used to get a track on um, but I'm a huge Jean Grey fan, also from Macy Gray. Um, I just like the track, and I love how Jean raps, and it's mellow. Mm-hmm. So listen, and look, who's next? 
my pick uh, for this week was <clears throat> excuse me from Kendrick the Family Soul. Uh, kind of went back a little bit because um, some of the new music I heard this week just wasn't. But wasn't uh, I wasn't really feeling it. So um, was listening to some some old Hidden Beach uh, recording records the other day and ran across this one. I was like, you know, I hadn't heard this in a while. So this is off of uh, Kendrick the Family Souls um, in this Life Together album. It's called My Time. Real cool, chill uh, song. You know, just like most of their songs are. And, and uh, you know really like the song so there we go Bridget and I am rounding out this week um, and my song is Keep You In Mind by Gordon Banks um, and it's just, I've just been playing this joint all week um, I think it was sometime last year um, and it's just a jam and they play this shit on the radio dog I played on one on one and I don't listen to the radio like that but I overheard a co-worker playing it on her radio and I was like, okay, it's Jung is the jam. I forgot all about it. And I just been rocking with it every week. It's Jung goes hard in the paint. All right, then. Well, I feel like we covered a lot. We talked a lot as per usual, but you like it. That's why you keep tuning in, and we appreciate it as always. So, um,. Yeah, that'll do it for this episode. Um, follow us on Facebook, Twitter. Um, you can follow on Twitter, the EPB handle, or you can follow Ted, not Ted, because Ted ain't really on there a lot. Mm. You can follow Joe and Bridget, because <laughs> they are there, and they tweet for us missing in action. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> They do it for the folks, for the fam. So um, we thank you again for listening and stay tuned for our next episode. Bye. Peace. Peace. Taking your breath. can do, I can do better. Bundle up your rhymes, crochet up in the sweater. Instead of dropping like it's hot, I'm rising to the top. Balloon mind state, but it won't go pop. My pineal spin like a pinwheel. Similar to Ben Hill, cause I've been real. Juice fast, do yoga, watch porn. Mind control, mind control, children of the corn. You froze like walking behind the rose. She look good in our hard clothes Got your mind sucking my toes And writing me prose We off that 3D Raise your frequency if you trying to come see me I slay nose, so veggie yo's 528 hertz of mo, keep it purposeful Born in a home of Stax Records Ever since I crossed the ring of fire Been raising the bar as expected Everywhere that I roam, I'm connected Game recognized, game and respected with the arc and the key, it's protected. Drop shoes like a necklace, leaving them breathless. Indigo child blues, purple crown moves. You couldn't catch a clue with 10 speed and brown shoes. Play around if you want to. My tidal wave will drown you. Hands off the wheel, got you surround, boo. No sudden movements, fuck talking, we show improving. Let mama ruthless when it comes to exposing truth. This vitamin K for your ego, nursing the bruises. You either with me or you useless. No wisdom, toothless. 
I stay woke with my mind on cheddar Any disrespect and I'm stripping your letters Big sister almighty in your presence I wrote the playbook, now you rocking off my essence Wanna be a G? Gotta train a little harder The nicest since I used to battle heads on back of martyr You the type? They got a jack for your starter We both in the game, I'm just playing a little smarter Everywhere that I roam, I'm connected Game recognized, game and respected With the arc and the key Disprotected, drop shoes like a necklace Leaving them breathless Everywhere that I roam, I'm connected Game recognized, game and respected With the arc and the key Disprotected, drop shoes like a necklace Leaving them breathless Snatch your breath, 20 story free falling Yes, yes, y'all, and my behavior is appalling I mean no bloody manners, tongue cock back, aim, shoot, fire hammers. Get it poppin' like whiteheads, no stopping her. Y'all still trying to be popular? I'm in the balcony at the opera. Leontine priceless, you can't afford it. Black algebra record, this rap careers get aborted. Never should have started. Home is where the heart is of this sensitive artist. Moorish like Queen Charlotte, ain't no wanna be starlet. You can find me in the marsh pit, or posted low key with a true and living GOD. Outspoken, leave them speechless open. I vanish, they can't cope. Then my power is potent, soak them. Then I provoke them. Magnetic is crucial. Needle in a haystack, you run if I choose you. Everywhere that I roam, I'm connected. Game recognized, game and respected. With the arc and the key, this protected. Drop shoes like a necklace, leaving them breathless. Everywhere that I roam, I'm connected. Game recognized, game and respected. With the arc and the key, this protected. Drop shoes like a necklace, leaving them breathless.
Jesus, it's just I don't care I won't wear most of the clothes you hoes wear And I won't go to most of the shows I don't fear Being solo and spots and yelling YOLO with this bare glass Toasted to myself with the ghost of my past and glaring at Cookie cutters oversharing, I'm over caring You can find me over here and it's apparent
far from over the best of being black is yet to be so said the ones who died to set you free I see Davis rest in peace man.
away you 